appreciate being able to be with you, Brother Mike, allowing us to come, and and Brother Jimmy from Ray's Chapel agreeing to it as well. And thank you, Church, for having us. I hope we can be of benefit to you. Book of John, chapter nineteen. We'll begin in verse number twenty-eight. After these things, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it on hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished, and bowed his head and gave up the ghost. And I'd like to just think tonight about it is finished. I'd like to think about, in my thinking, maybe there would be a lot of folks that might have a lot of different favorite verses or verses that mean a lot to you and maybe verses that are most familiar to people and we might think that maybe that would be John 3.16 might be one of the most familiar verses that there would be. But I think about this verse, and I think uh, about what the Lord Jesus said right here, and what does that mean to me, that it is finished, to think. And, and you, you think with me, and, and we'll just try to follow the Lord the best we know how. But here, by the Word of God, uh, uh, we could read in Matthew, and, 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 in, and also I believe in the book of Mark, and he had that saying and I won't say it exactly right, but the meaning of it was, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And, and, and after that, in the book of Matthew, he said this. He said, And some of them stood by, and when they had heard that, this man cried for Elias. And they ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again, I believe that would line up with this right here. It is finished. I, I, I believe that would be the, uh, right in the same line. Maybe Matthew didn't write it down, but John wrote it down. And, and, and thinking about this, that Jesus said, I thirst. And you know, this, this looks like the last thing to be accomplished in the Scripture we could read that in the book of Psalms, chapter number 69, and we could see there that the psalmist said, and they gave me gall to drink. And, and here is the Lamb of God. And, and you just think about this man that is so conscious that he, that he even says that all things might be accomplished. And, 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 and just another word or two, and the Lamb of God is going to give up the ghost and to die. But to think that the Son of God has got the mind to think that all things are now finished. There, there's, only, there's only one thing left to be done by, by the Son of God, and that is for Him to die. And friend, what would be accomplished? 
accomplished, what could be accomplished when the Lamb of God is going to give up the ghost and die? And, and I just think that, about this. If there was no death of the Son of God, I would have no hope. You would have no hope. There would be no hope for mankind. But thank God, God had a plan. And you know, I, I, I look and I look all the way back to Genesis uh, chapter number 3 and there was the plan of God. There was the plan that the Lord Jesus was going to come and die for the sins of the world. A uh, friend there was going to be the one that was going to bru- uh, 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 bust the head of the serpent. Uh, there Satan was going to bruise his heel uh, but the Lord was going to bruise his head. Thank God when Jesus said it is finished I tell you uh, the scripture was fulfilled. A uh, friend we can read it and you can read anywhere you want to read. A uh, friend through the Old Testament. A uh, friend all the way through there the precious Lamb of God. A uh, friend when Jesus came you know what the promise to Abraham uh, was accomplished when the Lamb of God came. A uh, friend the plan of God for my salvation and your salvation was finished when Jesus died and I realize this don't, don't take me wrong he's going to be raised from the dead but I say this by the word of God he said that he died for our sins arose again for our justification a friend what was finished at Calvary I thank the Lord thank God he made a way I, I thought about what you was saying about prayer uh, do you know what was finished when he died I thank God access to God Almighty was made right there uh, when the Lord Jesus said it is finished a uh, friend you know what happened uh, the veil of the temple was rent in twain uh, from the top to the bottom out to you friend there was a finished way made uh, that man could access God man had never had access to God before always you think about this uh, when they were out there in the wilderness a uh, friend and God said uh, Moses you come up uh, but you tell the people uh, that they stay back unless uh, they die you know something God uh, through and by the death of the Lord Jesus he made himself accessible unto man a man is able to come to God Mike said we had an audience with the king you know how that was made possible the Lamb of God dying Jesus said it is finished thank God an access unto God was made when the Lord Jesus died on the cross what was accomplished there friend God made himself accessible and you know what he said he told them there when they're at Mount Sinai, you stay back lest you die. But what does he say now? Come. Come unto me, all you that are weak and heavy laden. Come unto me and I'll give you rest. Come unto me. You know, today God uh, uh, calls man to come. And my friend, I'll say this. If it wasn't for the death of the Lord Jesus, we'd everyone be in fear every day. Uh, friend, uh, thinking about coming to God, I'd want somebody else to do that for me, wouldn't you? Uh, but since the Lord Jesus died, uh, friend, he said it is finished. And friend, God made 
made himself accessible uh, through and by the death of his own son. I'll say this, ladies and gentlemen. There is no access to God. There's no access to heaven. There's no access to forgiveness. There's no access, a friend, to the redemption, a friend outside of Jesus dying on the cross. Uh, Paul said this. He said, I determined when he wrote to the Corinthians, he said, I determined not to know anything among you. I saved Jesus and him crucified. Looks to me like, a friend, that is the most important thing, a friend, that's ever happened in all of this world is that the Lord Jesus died on the cross and, friend, God raised him again from the dead. I thank God it is finished. Now, you, you, you might say, well, I, I believe John 3, 16 uh, is the most important verse in the Bible. And that might, you, might, you might argue about that. Uh, but I'll say this. If the Son of God had come and never died for my sin, that wouldn't be enough that God so loved the world, would it? Uh, but I'll say this. That the Lord Jesus I died. A friend that you and I, I could have a plan of God that was finished. I want you to think with me just a little bit. Listen to what this word finished, what it means. So now Jesus said, it is finished. So I got this wrote on my Bible so you don't think I'm, I'm reading everything I'm, I'm trying to preach to you. But I do have this definition wrote down. So it says this, it means to execute fully. It means to accomplish it means to bring to an end. Oh, I tell you, isn't it wonderful? I friend, that the plan of God was accomplished in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. What God had planned for man I was accomplished and brought to an end. I say this, friend, there's nothing to be added unto what Jesus has done. I realize this. I friend, he was the foundation. He was the chief cornerstone. He was a, made a, a, a sin for us who knew no sin how that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Thank God he finished that. I mean, you can't add anything to what the Lord Jesus has done. I mean, he did a finished work and it was the plan of God. Amen. I'm not saying there's nothing for us to do. I'm saying my salvation my forgiveness of my sins is wholly and solely dependent upon what the Lord Jesus has done. You, you, you just think with me. He says this. He said, I thirst. And you know what, you know what was going on? Our friend, what was going on was the Lamb of God was going to finish the, the last thing that was written in the Scripture about him. Our friend, he was going to finish that very thing. And friend, when he drunk that vinegar, and you just think about this, uh, did he finish the cup? Did he have a cup to drink? He had a cup to drink, ladies and gentlemen. He drunk the last dregs that there were in the cup. Uh, you, you, you think with me. Now, in, 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 the, in the Old Testament, friend, he talked about that he would walk the tread their wine press alone. Uh, friend, you know what he did? Here he is drinking what I ought to have drunk, uh, what you ought to have drunk. Uh, friend, he drunk the last dregs, uh, friend, of 
the sin of the world. I friend, the Lord Jesus took it and Peter said, I friend, that he died. I suffered on the tree bearing our sins in his body on the tree. How the Lamb of God bore my sin and bore your sin and thank God he made a way I friend, that you and I could be saved. There is no other name under heaven given, right? Isn't that what the Bible said? Uh, uh, there, there, there's no other way to come to God. Uh, 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 one of the disciples said, Lord, uh, we, we don't know the way. Uh, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And thank God, you know what Jesus did? How uh, Jesus gave his life. How, uh, friend, that you and I would know the way to get to heaven. He is the way. He is the resurrection. He is the bread of life. He is the door. Oh, uh, friend, he is everything, the way, the truth, and the life. And friend, thank God that plan of God is finished. When he died on the cross, all of the scripture was fulfilled. The prophecy of the Lamb of God was fulfilled. You might say, well, now, I, I just don't know about that. Well, if you want to argue about it, you argue with this, okay? Let's argue with what the Scripture says. In the book of John, Jesus said this, Search the Scripture, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. You know, the Scripture is about the Lamb of God. Uh, friend, I, I say this, that a lot of times today, we get hung up on a lot of different things. But I tell you what the Bible's about. I tell you what the cross was about. I friend, the Bible's about the Lamb of God. I friend, the Bible's about the Lord Jesus. How the Bible's about God. I'm making Himself accessible and man being able to have redemption and a ransom paid for his sin and Jesus said it's finished. We, we got a little more. A little more in the book of Luke. I believe it's a 24th chapter of the book of Luke. He says this. He gathered or uh, linked up with them on the Emmaus Road. And as they were going on, they were sad and all broken hearted. And listen, this is what Jesus, what the Bible says about him. And, 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 and the word of God says, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things that concern himself. When Jesus said, it's finished, I promise you this, friend, that the prophecy and even the law, the law was finished. Now, don't take me wrong. Jesus, they, they thought maybe that the Lord was going to come. He was going to do away with the law. But that's not what he said. He said, I come not to do away with the law, but I come to fulfill the law. I come to bring a completeness to the wall. I came to accomplish, and I'll say this, friend, that the Lamb of God, when he died on the cross, do you know this? I friend, there was not one jot, not one tittle, not one T to cross, not one I to dot, how that the Lamb of God had not finished. How the Lord finished it all. Thank God the law, how ladies and gentlemen, was finished, and friend, it was brought to a completeness. Would you like to be judged by the law? God help us. God help us. I tell you, 
that in him, in him, according to Romans chapter number 8, listen to what the Bible says about the law. In chapter number 8, in the book of Romans, Paul writes this, and he says, For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh. You know what we've got? we got a flesh that's unable to serve God. Now you might say, well now you can serve God. I tell you what, you may serve God one minute, and friends, you may be in a battle the next minute. But do you know this? Paul wrestled with that in Romans chapter 7 and he come down to Romans chapter 8 and he said, I've come to this conclusion. There is no condemnation unto them friend, who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Friend, because God I'll tell you what God did. God sent his son down to this world, a friend that you and I, who could not live according to the law, who could not live up to the requirements of the law, who could not fulfill the law, he sent Jesus to finish the law, and friend, he died in my place, and in your place, if you'll have it, he died, friend, that you and I could be forgiven, we could have the righteousness of the Son of God put on our account. He finished that. Listen to what he says. Did he finish the law? He finished the law. I promise you this, the Lamb of God, when he died on Calvary, there was not one thing left to be done in accomplishing and finishing and making every jot and every tittle like it ought to be in every little mark that was in the law. The Lord Jesus covered it all. He finished it. What a salvation God has afforded man. I'm going to read just a little more in Romans chapter 8. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, impotent, not enough strength, not enough ability. We don't have the strength nor the ability. And honest to God, before I was saved, you know what? I didn't even have any desire to do the will of God. No desire to do the will of God. Didn't have the ability. Didn't have the want to. No desire. But you know what happened? When the Lord saved me, I tell you what he did. He gave me a new desire. And you know what Paul wrestled with? Paul wrestled with that desire that was on the inside. And he wrestled with this ungodly flesh that was on the outside. And friend, you know what he come to? I come to this conclusion. Our friend, that he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Where was that finished? Where was that accomplished? At the cross of Calvary, friend, he accomplished that. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in them who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. What do we have to do? I tell you, we're going to have to be led by the Holy Ghost of God. We're going to have to be led by that inner man. You, you might disagree, I hope you won't, uh, uh, but, but I believe there's a part in every man, every woman, boy and girl that's saved, I believe there's a part in you that does not sin. 
I believe that he planted his seed within you. And he left that seed within you. But you know what we got to deal with? we got to deal with this old flesh every day. Uh, but thank God, if it wasn't for that that was on the inside of me, you know what I'd do? Uh, friend, I'd never live for God. I'd never surrender to God. I'd never want to live for God. But thank God he put something on the inside. And friend, that part on the inside does not sin. Uh, friend, it's incorruptible. It's not been born of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. I don't want to go through life every day in misery about my salvation. God made us free, not free to sin. He made us free that we could worship God. Free that we would be able to have access to God. He made us free from what you and I owed. The Lord Jesus paid what I owed. I tell you that God, this is what the Bible says, that God laid on him the iniquity of us all. Where did God do that? He did that at the cross. He laid the iniquity of my sin, your sin, of all of our wretchedness, of all of our twistedness, of all of our perverseness. Our friend God brought all of that and he laid it on him. It means, it means this, that he brought it all together and friend let it rush down on the Son of God at Calvary. And friend, do you know this? Uh, do you know that from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock, our friend, there was no light. Our friend, that the light of the world was put out. Our friend, because of the sin how that was on the back of the Son of God. But friend, do you know this? That He is victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And friend, He is a victor over sin. Amen. For who? For Himself? For you. For me. Remember now, Romans said, who had no sin. He made Him to be sin for us. That we might be made, the word there means to become, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. He made the innocent Son of God to be sin for me, uh, that I might be made like the innocent Son of God. And that was accomplished at Calvary. Amen. Thank God it was finished. Amen. So, I want to think a little more. Now, now you think about this. The Lord finished an absolute, complete, obedient life. Complete obedience. Obedience, if you wanted to look at what obedience is supposed to look like and what it would look like if it was finished to accomplish, to complete, to bring to an end, if I wanted to see what obedience looked like, I could look at the Lord Jesus Christ and you know what I could see there? I could see a man, a man of God. I could see a son of man and a son of God and I could see an absolute and complete obedience. Now just think with me. Think with me. At 12 years old, you know what he said to his mother? He said, I must be about my father business. Uh, friend, you go on and, and, and he says this, can any of you, can any of you bring, can any of you condemn me of sin that I've done in my life? No. 
No, there was nobody that could condemn him of sin. Our friend, he went through this life, and I tell you what, our friend, he said he always did the will of him that sent him. Our friend, a complete obedience. I was accomplished in the Lord and Savior. And you know what the climax of the complete obedience was? Death on the cross. The climax of a complete obedience that you and I might be able to be brought into the family of God was the death on the cross. I, I, I believe you may say that in, in, in Philippians. And I'm, I'm sorry to turn a lot. That's just the way I am. I'm, I'm sorry if that's a hindrance to you. But I'm going to try my best to just stay with the book. So this is what he says. The Bible said, In being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became what? Obedient. Obedient. And he says this, He became obedient even to death, even the death of the cross. Thank God you know what he did? He was obedient because my disobedience had me separated from God. He was obedient, friend, that you and I could be brought into the family of God. You know... That when he died on the cross, he started a brand new family. Now you might look back and you might say, well now Abraham was in the family by faith. That's true. I, I'm, not, I'm not denying that. I'm not saying that there wasn't a church back there. I'm saying the New Testament church came through the death of the Son of God and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob was looking to that. You and I look back to that. You and I look back to the death of the Son of God to bring about the promises of God. They were looking forward to that through and by faith. And friend, you know what I'll have to do? Our friend, I'll have to believe that the Son of God died in my place. I'll have to believe that what Jesus did to the cross is sufficient for my salvation. I'll have to believe this, friend, that when he said it is finished, that that's exactly what he meant. Preacher, I'll have to do this and I'll have to do that and I'll have to do the other. I'll tell you what you'll have to do. According to the words of Jesus Christ himself, a man said, Lord, what work can I do that I might inherit eternal life? He said, this is the work of God. What is the work of God? The work of God is to believe on him whom he sent. Uh, friend, that's the work of God. Now, now I, want you to, I want you to believe in the work too. I want you to believe on the Son of God, but I want you to believe on the work that he accomplished at the cross. And friend, that work was finished. The, all the law, all the prophets, a uh, friend, access to God every bit of that was finished my redemption of my righteousness was finished at the cross our friend the Lord Jesus took his sins upon me I took my sins upon him and friend I was able to take the righteousness of the son of God upon me do you know this that my righteousness is imputed put on my account right so think about this that the sins that the Son of God was imputed as well. That my sin was put on Him and His righteousness was put on me. A friend, He had no sin. 
And do you know this? I had no righteousness. You know what Abraham got? He got imputed righteousness. He got in righteous, He got righteousness put on his account that he did not deserve. He got righteousness put on his account that he did not work for. He got righteousness put on his account that he was unable to inherit, unable to work for, unable to be, uh, 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 be a recipient of in any other way. But God imputed righteousness unto him because he believed God. Amen. My sins was imputed to the Son of God. Your sins were put on the Son of God who knew no sin that you and I could be made the righteousness of God in him. And the law, the law is fulfilled in us, fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now, can I live up to the law? I cannot. What equals the law? Jesus Christ equals the law. If you'll have it, if you'll have it, just think about it like this. That word fulfilled, it means to level up. So think with me about an old balance scale, would you? An old seesaw scale, right? So you put five pounds on one side of it. They, they had the, uh, the weight and they were uh, supposed to be right and supposed to be legal. So I put five pounds over there. And friend, I might, I might have had a little uh, paper sack. And the man down at the meal began to pour the meal or begin to pour the flour in. And friend, when the scale come up, uh, friend, and it got in balance, you know what we could say? We could say, well, I've got five pounds of flour right here. I'll tell you this, that the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus, our friend was on one side of the scale. And you know what was on the other side? Our friend, all of the law and all of the prophets. Our friend, all of that, everything in the law, ladies and gentlemen, was on one side of the scale. And when the Lord Jesus stepped on the other side... Praise God, he leveled it up. And friend, you know what he did? He fulfilled that in me and in you. <laughs> By him finishing. He made it possible for us to be righteous before God who had no righteousness. But in him, in him, a, a, a little more. Let's think a, a little more here in John. So he, so he says... And there was a vessel of vinegar, and they took a sponge, and they put it in hyssop, and put it to his lips. And when Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished, and he bowed his head, and he gave up the ghost. I'll say this, friend. There was no loose ends to tie up. People go through this life, and you know what? They come down to the end of the way, and they didn't get this accomplished, didn't get that accomplished. Uh, they wished that they had done this thing, and wished they had done that thing, and wished they had went to church more. I wish they could have seen their children saved. Our friend wished that uh, they'd live for God in a greater manner. I tell you this, when the Lamb of God hung His head and died and it was finished, there was no regrets. Our friend, there was nothing left to be done. Our friend, everything that God wanted him to do, the will, the will of God was was done. There was nothing left for the Lord Jesus to do. It was finished. 
The will of God was accomplished when the precious Lamb of God hung his head. I want you to know this, friend, that he always did the will of the Father. And, friend, he did the will of the Father on the cross. He did the will of the Father when he hung his head. Now, you just think about this. They didn't take his life. He voluntarily gave his life that you and I could be brought into the family of God. I want you to think about something. You know, I, I, I would say that I was coming down the interstate tonight and this man that buys hay from me sent me a picture and a little caption under it. And it was a picture of his first grandchild. And this is what he said. He said, I'm in love forever. <laughs> That's what he said. That little baby. But I want you to think about the love that was finished. He said this. No greater love than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. Do you think love was really finished at Calvary? I mean, you just think about that. Could there be any greater example, any greater sacrifice, any greater picture of love than what was given at the cross? By the words of Jesus himself, no greater love than this than a man lay down his life for his friend. If you want to see a picture of finished love, of a love that is complete, of a love that is brought to an end, of a love, you know what he did? He loved his disciples by the word of God to the end, right? He loved them unto the end. But I'll say this, friend, that at the cross of Calvary, God Almighty put complete, accomplished, finished to the end, love on display. Uh, when the Lord Jesus hung his head on the cross of Calvary, uh, friend, there was the greatest love that was ever known to man. A man laid down his life for his friend. It was finished, the plan of love was shown to the world by Jesus dying. If I die, what will it accomplish? If I die tonight, I tell you what it accomplished. Sorrow. A big bill for my family. Planted in the ground done away with and forgotten. But when the Lamb of God died, when the Lamb of God died, you can read it, I, 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 I couldn't say exactly, I believe it might be the 116th Psalm, but you know you probably heard this a lot of times in your life. This is the day that the Lord hath made and we will be glad in it. If you read that Psalm, you know what day that day was? The day that the Lord was crucified. 
The day that they rejected the chief cornerstone. The day that the Son of God died on the cross. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. I'll tell you, friend, there was a day. Our friend, that the death of the Son of God brought life to all the world. And if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that, you can read in Matthew right after where I read a minute ago, and you're going to hear this, that the Lord Jesus died, and friend, the veil of the temple was rent in twain, and friend, that many of the saints, our friend, rose from the dead. Isn't that something? How that the death of the Son of God brought to a finish death. Death was finished, ladies and gentlemen. I realize this. We're going to die in this old ungodly flesh. This is going to die. But I want to promise you this, friend, that the Lord Jesus saved me one day. And do you know what? There's a part of me that's never, ever going to die. Praise God. He said, Martha, do you know this? Your brother's going to rise again. She said, Lord, I know. He's going to rise again in the resurrection at the last day. He said, I am. Praise God, I am the resurrection and the life. Though a man were dead, yet shall he live. Believest thou this? And he shall never die. Amen. Death was finished. Amen. <laughs> Praise God, the Lord Jesus did that. You might say, well now, preacher, he was dead. He sure was. I believe you could say it like this. That the Son of God said, my work is finished. On Sunday morning, God Almighty said, my son's work is finished and I approve it. He raised him from the dead, friend. Do you know he couldn't be held by death? Oh, why couldn't he be held by death? Oh, because he had no sin. Oh, friend, he raised from the dead. Oh, friend, because he was victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And victorious over sin. He finished. I tell you, he finished. My goodness, what did he finish? What all did he finish? You, you, you just think about it. I, I, I believe you could say this, that the Lord finished the revelation of God. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and it'll satisfy us. He said, Philip, have I been so long with you and you've not seen the Father? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you want to know what God's like, Let's look in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you want to see what God is like, uh, let's look through the Old Testament and all the types and the shadows. And I tell you what you're going to see. You're going to see the Lord Jesus Christ. Our uh, friend, do you know this? How uh, that Jesus, friend, brought God out uh, to light. He finished the revelation of God Almighty and the plan of God in his own death. Amen. God so loved the world, right? We, we know that verse. That he gave his only begotten son. I tell you, Jesus is going to show the world when he dies what God's character, what God's thought of the world is. Now, they weren't many. They weren't many that believed him. Most of them railed on him. Most of them, a friend, had nothing to do with him. But I tell you this, in spite of that, he died for them anyway. The majority of our world today is going to die and go to hell. Now you can balk on that if you want to. But the honest to God truth is there's been a little remnant all along. 
there's still a little remnant today. I would even say this, and I say it very respectfully, even in our Baptist churches, there's a small remnant inside the visible body that is the real thing. That might be hard to swallow, but it's the truth. Boy, I tell you what, you, you, you get down and you start really thinking about how few that there are. You know, this is the way I look at it, folks. Maybe you could, maybe you don't, maybe you will. But you know them that belong to God, what do they have that the world does not have? You could say, well, they've got salvation, they've got works, they, 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 they've got a desire, they've got a love. I tell you what they've got that the world does not have. They've got the Holy Ghost. The church, the born again, have the Holy Spirit of God in their life. And friend, by the word of God, if you have not the spirit, you're none of his. I'll say there was no greater working people, no greater separate people than the Pharisees. You talk about separatists. You talk about people that didn't have anything to do with anything that looked ugly or dirty. Oh, friend, but you know what they were? They were a group of people that were religious and lost and undone and headed hell. The Holy Ghost. There, ladies and gentlemen, do you know this? That the Lamb of God made it possible. He said, I must go away. I must go away. And friend, you know what he was going to have to do to go away? He was going to have to die. And he was going to go away. And on day number 50, you know what he was going to do? Send back the Holy Ghost that you and I could have God with us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what, and you might say, well, preacher, that, that's something new in the New Testament. Well, you might say that, but I'm going to say this, that Christ in you distinguishes you from any other people in all of the world. All of the religions, all everything that you can think of, our friend, they're all really just about the same, but a man and a woman that's born again of the Spirit of God, you are different than anybody else in the world. Look at it in the Old Testament. God said, Moses, I'm going to send my angel down to go with you. He said, Lord, if you don't go with us, don't, I'm not going up hence. He said, Lord, what makes us different than all of the other people on the earth is that you are with us. <laughs> there it is in the Old Testament. What else did Jesus accomplish? He accomplished this. A perfect sacrifice. He finished. You think with me in the Old Testament. I'm going to read just a little scripture. I'm going to hush in just a minute. So, the Son of God offered a perfect sacrifice. In the book of Hebrews, listen to these words. Hebrews chapter number 9, verse number 13. For the blood of goats and of bulls, I'm sorry, let me back up, number 12. Neither by the blood of goats and of calves, but by his own blood, speaking of Christ, by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Now, what kind of redemption would you say eternal redemption is? Would you say that eternal redemption is a finished redemption? 
Would you say that it has accomplished everything that it is going to accomplish? I tell you, friend, the Son of God offered, when He offered Himself on the cross, you know what they've been doing? For thousands of years, they've been coming time after time after time, offering the same thing over and over and over and over again. They were killing lambs, they were killing goats, they were killing doves, they were killing oxen, they were killing heifers, they were killing animals, and they were offering the same thing over and over and over again. And it made no change in man. The law is to show me my inabilities, show me my sin, bring me guilty before God. But I tell you that Jesus fulfilled the law. Here's man offering the same thing over and over and over again. And it says this in the 10th chapter of the book of Hebrews. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. Now that's what the book says. So the priests were standing every day offering, offering, offering the same thing over and over again that could never take away a sin, never make your conscience clear, never get rid of that guilt. It could never do that. But listen to what he said about Jesus. I've already read that he obtained, he, he, he obtained eternal redemption for us. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down on the right hand of God. Friend, the sacrifice is over. It is finished. There is no sacrifice to be offered except for the sacrifice of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our friend, the sacrificial system is finished, friend. I tell you that, that Aaron, our friend, all the way up to what you and I can read, here was Caiaphas, the high priest, when Jesus was crucified. You know what they were doing year after year? And I'd say they done it that very next day. How that the Lamb of God died on Friday, the next day was a Sabbath day. I I'd say they offered a sacrifice. But do you know something? God never accepted that. I'll tell you the only one that he ever was satisfied with, offering the only one that you and I have got any hope in, is the sacrifice of the Son of God. Amen. I want you to notice, it's amazing to me how the Bible's written. I want you to notice, this is in Hebrews 11, 11 and 12. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifice which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. There was no chair in the temple there was no sitting down place in the temple. The priests were standing daily offering 
oftentimes the same thing every day that could never take away the sin, never take away my sin, your sin, their sin, nobody's sin. Uh, but this Son of God, this Lord Jesus, uh, when He had offered one sacrifice forever, sat down on the right-hand side of God, praise God, don't you reckon if He sat down, it was finished. Aaron never got to sit down. Zacharias never got to sit down. Caiaphas never got to sit down. But you know that Jesus got to sit down? Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice unto God for my sin and your sin. And for the sin of every man, woman, boy, or girl that'll ever believe, our friend, he offered a sacrifice of himself. And friend, when he had done that, he sat down on the right hand side of God. And friend, I tell you right now, he'll never be up to offer another sacrifice. It's finished. Thank the Lord for a salvation that's finished and completely, absolutely, and completely relying upon what Jesus has done. You're depending on something you're doing, you're going to die lost and undone and go to hell. I tell you, the only hope that you've got is to put your faith and trust in a finished work that was done at Calvary. How the Son of God finished that, made God accessible, gave me redemption, paid my ransom, forgave me of my sin, brought me into righteousness, brought me into a right and a justified standing with God. I'll tell you this, friend, however you want to look at it, I friend, God Almighty put righteousness on display at the cross. What do you mean? I mean this. I mean this. By the word of God, no man will be justified by the law. We've all failed and sinned and come short. But there is some righteousness of God. And you know what that righteousness is? The Lord Jesus. Faith in the Lord Jesus. That's where the righteousness is. There's where the righteousness is. And God put righteousness on display. Now you think with me. The forbearance of God... How long did God push out the payment for sin? From Adam till Friday afternoon when Jesus died. Year after year after year. Just think with me. Were we guilty and worthy of death? What's the payment for one sin? Death and hell. That's it. You're not going to pay for any sins. Only way a man's going to pay for his sins is to die and go to hell. Jesus paid for your sin. If you're going to escape hell, it'll be because of Jesus. If you're going to, you're going to have your sins paid for, it'll be because of Jesus. You're not going to pay for your sins, past, present, or future. You can, you can spit that out if you want to. But I tell you what you're going to have to spit out. You're going to have to spit out this. That the payment for one sin is separation from God and death and hell. Jesus paid the payment. But on a Friday afternoon, the righteousness of God, you know what God said? God said somebody's going to have to pay for sin. Now I've been accepting lambs and I've been accepting goats and all I've been doing is pushing it out, the sentencing for one year at a time. 
But on this Friday afternoon, God Almighty hung his son on the cross to show that he was righteous. And God said he was so righteous that he would kill his own son to satisfy his justice and satisfy his righteousness. Now you might think, well now, uh, uh, God, God, God loved his son and, and you know, uh, Jesus didn't have to bear the sins of everybody. If he didn't bear your sins and he didn't bear my sins, I have no hope. Righteousness, it's in the third chapter of Romans. Righteousness was put on display on Friday afternoon. And you know what righteousness looked like? It looked like unrecognition as a man. That's what righteousness looked like. It looked like a man that was beaten beyond recognition. It looked like a man that was hung up naked before the world and the blood was streaming down his back and the bones were sticking out of his back. My friend, it looked like that the whole world was against him and they were. How they railed on him and they made fun of him. And I'll tell you what that was. That was the righteousness of God on display. God hung his own son on the cross. My friend, that righteousness might be finished. The word of God says right there that he might be the just and the justifier. Who was the just? What does just mean? It means right with God. Was Jesus right with God? He was right with God. But he was also the justifier. For who? For us. He was the just one, and God was just. God was just, and that there had to be a payment for sin. And the only payment that would satisfy the righteousness of God was his own son. And he finished the righteousness of God when God hung his son on the cross. You think God ain't serious about sin? You think about this, friend, that God's only begotten son was hung there not by the Romans, not by the Jews, but by the determinate counsel of God Almighty. He hung him on the cross that you and I could be saved. That's how serious that God is about sin. That's how serious that God is about being righteous and being holy, a friend and not letting anything slide. That he would hang his own son on the cross. That righteousness might be finished. I'll hush right there. Thank you for your attention. I hope that some little something has been said that would help us to just... You know what I'm thankful for? Thank God for the Lord Jesus that died in my place. Thank God for that. We're thankful for everything, aren't we? Thankful for the food on our table, the shoes on our feet. I think right now would be a real good time to be thankful for eternal salvation. Amen. 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 Amen.
So if you want to, if you want to come and just kneel and thank the Lord that He saved your soul, thank the Lord that He made a way that just a hand.